I'm going to try again or not? We'll try one more time. Good morning. That's better. I love, this is how you know you're old. I know in many ways I know, but here's one of the ways you know, is I love to watch on the Game Show Network. <laughs> how many of you watch the Game Show Network habitually? Okay. Just me and Mary. That's all right. They got a show on there early in the morning called Match Game. It was from back in the 70s, and it is, uh, I love that show. It's funny. I don't know why I had to bring that up, but I did. Oh, my goodness, look who's in town. There is a God. If you need a copy of God's Word, raise your hand, and these two gentlemen, Coop or Mr. Jim, will be happy to give you a copy of God's Word if you need it. All right, go ahead and turn to the book of Acts, chapter 19. A couple of things I want to mention to you, and then we will jump in and hang on. Acts, chapter 19. Obviously, school has started back. Y'all are excited about that, right? 5.30? Nice. 5.30 in the morning, got to get up, get ready, and... Your parents have to get... There's a lot of things going on. Please, whether you go to the website or the handout you got when you came in or if you want to be part of, make sure you take advantage of that. Uh, At Help Group yesterday, we had uh, at least 350 families that we served yesterday. And thank you for being there, uh, making it possible, but physically being there to help. If you're born again... I love when they put that guilt on you, right? If you're born, we really need your help because we've got about 30 people that normally almost all of them work. Or they're going to be in Israel. And uh, Chris even mentioned my joke from 1990 yesterday. When you go to Israel, not as funny now as it was in 1990. But anyway, next month, third Saturday of the month, body there to push baskets and hand out food and work in the clothes closet and all of those things. So do God's word. Number one, our small groups are uh, beginning. Some are going to stay... So if, you've got, if you're interested and you're not in a small group already and you'd like to be, and Steve, I won't take that any further. He's the tall elder that uh, you can ask. Basically, you show up if you want to be involved. But that starts tonight at 5.30 here. Uh, it's here if uh, you're interested in men. And uh, if you've never been on one of these, you will really enjoy getting the food. And Jim Cole is cooking it. So you'll eat well. So, guys, if you're interested, see Chad after. Um, just... Wednesday night is starting back up September 4th, and that we're just going to meet here, uh, eat together if you want to eat, and then have a small group uh, in here. Uh, it's really just a great time in the middle of the week just to pause and be together as to work. If you don't want to, you just come show up uh, as far as my Bible study, and let's see what God does. All right, and as we begin to look at Paul's missionary journey number three, we started last week, and we looked last week, and later on this will become even more significant Talked about it a little bit last week. But Paul and the church at Corinth, uh, Satan was able to, through the flesh, Apollos, I'm going to follow Paul, I'm going to follow Peter, and so they were divided. Uh, hard to believe that this ever happened in a church, but they, sometimes it happens. So that's who the Apollos is. It's talked about in 1 Corinthians. We, uh, Paul's ministry, we looked at Apollos' ministry last week at Ephesus. Today we're going to begin to look at the, basically as we get into chapter 19, look at verse 1, 19.1. Through the upper regions came to Ephesus and finding some disciples. And we'll get into that three. 
It's God's time historically. Remember, the book of Acts is a book of history. There are a lot of doctrine in there. We learn a lot of incredible things. But it is, a, it is an historical narrative of the early church. What God was doing to establish the church as his, and the apostles particularly and specifically as his spokesman to the world to carry the gospel began to fulfill the Great Commission. We still do that today. We are the church of Jesus Christ. This is the early beginning of that. We've seen it begin to go to Europe. Now we're seeing it begin to go to Asia. Hang on a minute. I've got to fix my Bible. It has a little problem here because of the air conditioning. But I shall now fix that. I'm a repairman from way back. Okay. And if you know me, you know that it's incredibly funny. If we want something fixed in our house, we do one of two things. We call my son-in-law or Mary fixes it. One or the other. All right. So God has taken the gospel Europe. Now he's going to take it to Asia. And it's going to all begin here at Ephesus. And it is going to be incredibly fruitful, but also incredibly difficult. And Paul's going to suffer a lot of persecution. Later, talking about four-legged ones. The wild beasts he has to fight at Ephesus. That book was written while he was at Ephesus. The, the book of First Timothy, Paul wrote. And Paul if you, is fulfilling here in chapter 19, verse 1. I want you to... And he came to Ephesus, stayed longer time with them, he did not consent. But he took leave of them, saying, verse 21, But I will return again to you, God willing. And he sailed from Ephesus back to Ephesus. At this point in time, historically, and his church is impacting the world dramatically in the name of Jesus Christ. When we pray, many of us, when we end our prayers, we say, as his church, we do in the name of Jesus Christ. There's nothing magic in saying Jesus' name. It doesn't, there's nothing magical about that. There's nothing magical about the water. It's in the name of Jesus Christ. I am a Christian. Literally means little Christ. I want to represent the second person of the Trinity. All that that means, we come in his character, his name, redeemed. We are in Christ, as Paul would write to the church at Corinth. In the first verses that really impacted me as a teenager was 2 Corinthians 5, 17, when I understood, well, I'm not perfect, but I am in Christ. It is, and you've heard me say many times, description of what it means to be a believer in Christ. Not in my own power, but in the power, in the person, in the name of you as a representative of Rome, I would want the seal of the emperor, the Caesar. From Nero, I better pay attention or I won't be around. And so when I come to you, I'm saying to you, I want you to know I represent him as a Christian. Well, particularly, God is establishing what they were doing, particularly the apostles, primarily, that the things that he's doing is not because Paul is a miracle worker. He wanted to anytime he wanted to. For example, there are people today that they just come, I schedule. Well, wow, that's, that's pretty impressive. We, we talked, we joked about this before years ago. I went, uh, somebody told me to turn it over to, to rock, back then it was called Rock 103. I said, turn over to Rock 103 and listen, where would be the first place in Memphis you'd want to go? St. Jude. He didn't have that power. I mean, this gospel of Jesus of Nazareth as the Christ, as the Messiah, I was fascinating to go back and study the words of Christ, and then seeing historically how they have, you are Elijah. Some say you're John the Baptist. And he said to Peter specifically, the living God. 
And Jesus said, good boy. That's my translation. Next thing he said is so important. The gates of hell will not. Thinking, okay, we're finally going to overthrow Rome. He said, no, my, my, my kingdom, it's not of. So Acts, it's the history of God beginning to do that. The Great Commission. Apple dialogue with them in a gentle, respectful, loving manner. He spent more time there than any other city. He loved the churches that he went and he established to Jesus as the Christ. They believed he was the Son of God. They changed Paul at Ephesus. First thing you're going to see him doing, doing at Ephesus is baptizing in Jesus' name. Verse 2, 19, 2. He finds some disciples. They said to him, we don't have any heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, the Baptist, his baptism. Paul said, John indeed baptized with him after John the Baptist, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized. They've been baptized according to the baptism of John the Baptist. Now they're being, Jesus, we're being baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul had laid, on, laid hands, now all the men were about 12 in all. So he encounters these 12 disciples. In this context, also a disciple of John the Baptist, regardless. The, their knowledge, and this is the key, when, when, when. You need to circle that word. Highlight that word. You believe. Not since you believe. Later event down on the road. When I, uh, the, the Bible in the, the church at Ephesus, these words in chapter 1. Innovation. In whom also, having believed in Christ, you were, you were sealed, finalized. The Holy Spirit is the guarantee. And the word in Greek, it's the same word we use for earnest money. This is a down payment. I promise to do what? You'll get the rest of it. You are in. You are sealed. You are my child. You will get the rest of it, the full glory. Just promise in the upper room discourse talked about the Holy Spirit a lot because he was going away and they were terrified. I'm going away, but I'm going to do what? I'm going to send who will be with you and in Pentecost, God fulfills that promise. He sends the Holy Spirit. It falls on the Jews. We'll talk about they prophesy, they speak with tongues. Exactly what you're seeing here. So God, historic. So back to this. Paul says to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when moment in time this occurred? Not continual, not present, not a participle. In Greek, Jesus, the, the word uh, became flesh and dwelt among us. And it with God, the word was God. That's not aorist tense. That's is. Continuing. Word that eternal logos, God, stepped into space and time, which he did not history, was born in a manger and became so here's what Paul is saying to them. He explains to them, look at verse 3 again. And to what then were you baptized? John baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that came to him. Later, John the Baptist would see Jesus walking toward him. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sight. Picture is Old Testament sainthood. They were coming to John to be baptized with repentance for the coming Messiah, same to the coming Messiah. Galatians tells us God preached the gospel to Abraham. Messiah's coming. Cast your head. Forecasting, prophesying the resurrection. 
And I don't keep, I'm not. But John the Baptist said, "Is behold the Lamb of God, you Jews, who takes away the sin of the world. Lamb of He's here. So these disciples knew at this point, they knew repentance, that the Messiah was coming. They knew John the Baptist said that Jesus of Nazareth's work said so right here. They didn't know about what had happened later. John the Baptist's room, the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly now complete. Jesus is the groom. He's, John the Baptist was, we're the bride, the church, his body. It's so beautiful. He said this, he, the Messiah, in my decrease. That's what it means to be a maturing Christian. Personal self-interest. As you mature, you let selfish, what can I do for you? How can I serve you as opposed to what can I get out of you? He said, the more I become like Christ, the less I become like me. I want to be, early on, somebody taught me this and I've never forgotten it. He said, your goal, Randy, that was almost 50 years ago in my life. And I still remember that. I've gone backwards. You do not arrive. What did Paul, the apostles, say about I want to do, I don't do. What I don't want to do, that's what I end up doing. Sin, just like you do. Just like I do. He wasn't perfect. Understand John the Baptist's baptism. John the Baptist is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you. Now that you have put your faith, whether they were saved or not, we don't know, but they got saved at the time of John the Baptist looking forward. We saw today a public statement of a personal faith in the risen Christ, simply a symbol of identification with, just like baptism is. Baptism was identification that you're part of our group. It's an act of fellowship, an act of chapter 8. And the Gentiles in chapter 10. These Old Testament saints is here. They prophesied. The picture here is not that they spoke in tongues. Everyone who's born again gets baptized with the Holy Spirit. And you're given at least one walk around and watch people serve. And, and you see, that's, that, it's not easy for some people to do. But then you see that it's so beautiful to see. Because, by the way, Paul makes it very clear they are the same. They are equal. The body needs them all. Moved. You've seen yours. But how many of you have? Go. Those things you see, but the unseen things you desperately need. Baptism of John the Baptist. And now he's going to be preaching in Jesus' name. Verse 8. Paul went to the synagogue. It's the word. For three months. Reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the king. But when some were hardened and did not believe, but spoke evil of the way, that's following the, the disciples, reasoning daily in the school of Tyrannus. Um, Ephesus was a, a very important city, very wealthy city. It was a center of witchcraft, a lot of black magic, a lot of occult stuff, a lot of, lot of city. Satanic place. Paul steps up, reason, starts in the synagogue for three months, reasoning and persuading dark place. And I really want you to notice the beginning of verse 9 again, because we talked about this a lot, but it tells you something is about to change. He's welcomed at first, 
and came back. But then Satan, very entrenched, very dark place, actively trying to share your faith and live for Jesus Christ. No. And you are going at it all the time. That if you decide that I'm not just going to rock along and just exist and thank Jesus Christ while you're on the planet, which, by the way, that's the commission to call on your life to do so. If you're going to live it out and be. So, Paul, and we see it, we've seen it over and over and over in the book of Acts. He'll go. But there's a group of them say, no, no, we're not having this. We see it in churches all the time. Talked about the clip. Paul was a great teacher. Peter was a great teacher. Leaders. So, who do y'all want to be, Paul? Okay, we'll make y'all Paul. Cephas or Peter? Hey, we follow Apollos. We're better than they are. To each other. If you ever want to feel good about yourself, we told me, told me this in my class this morning. If you want to, usually in your own family, it ain't hard. My old Mary said, I ain't got standard is perfection. Uh-oh. God's standard is, be, he doesn't want us fighting. He wants us to be. That's why Paul writes so much about unity. Okay, what's important and love each other. Then go out and live out your and desperately needs the Jesus that we know. So Paul goes into Satan, brings the persecution. It's inevitable. Notice verse 9 again. It says, some were hardened. That word in Greek means they willfully rejected the conviction that was coming on. It was, as Paul was sharing truth, the Holy Spirit was convicting people. They chose willfully to reject it. They made that choice, hardened their heart. And they did not believe. They spoke evil of the way. So Paul leaves and he goes to the school of Tyrannus. Now notice, some were hardened. Please get this principle, it's so important. Some were hardened, which means what? Some were not. That's deep. It not only means some were hardened and some were not, some believed. And by the way, that's not your problem anyway. Your job is to speak the truth in love, to reason, to dialogue, to listen, to interact, pray for results of the Holy Spirit's responsibility. Yours is, that's what Paul's doing. That's what his, his followers do. The way. So he goes to the school of Tyrannus. And this was probably like a lecture room used by Greek teachers. So probably from about 11 to 4 o'clock during the day, what they called rest time. If you're some of you, rest time every day. <laughs> rest time. I heard, I heard this comedian talk. Why? Because you get nap time. That's the best thing to teach because you get nap He's now in the school of Tyrannus. What do you think Paul's doing during that five hours? Verse 10, he continued for two years, Jews and Greeks. All, and this is the province of Asia, not a word. Think about this. Both Jews and Greeks. This would have been a physical geographic body, and it heard. Wow. Paul's also working during that time. Here's what I want you to see again. Keeping his time, he founded a church of Hierapolis, on and on. But as we close out today, Paul goes into the synagogue, he's preaching. What does he do? Give up? Feel sorry for himself? No, he just goes, same thing. 
because by the gospel to the entire province of Asia, which is what God's intent was in the first place, the point being this, don't give up. Why? Because God is in control. By what Tyrannus was going to be the next day, of course he did. I just want to be in the center of God's will and go do us to go and just share the gospel. See what he's going to do. Father, as we close time to focus on you, the person of Christ, what it, I appreciate that. Or is it my heartbeat? Is it my, that I lovingly listen to them? So they disagree with me. That's okay. That's a good, care, <coughs> care about them spiritually. Have a desire to share with them that he loves them and what that means. So, so Father, it always comes back to the in all the different places that we're going to go as we go. Understand persecution is and just lovingly share the gospel. Use us, Father, to spread the good news. We pray. And if you would like for me to pray with you, I'll be down front.